tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 51. One of the most beautiful promises of Scripture is found in Jeremiah 17, 7-8. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that puts down roots. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of life. And that's the life that Jesus offers us. In today's episode, my dear friend Jody Dietrich and I talk about how we can get rooted and established in God, cultivating a settled soul that doesn't depend on this world for nourishment, but goes deep, deep down into God, abiding in Him and thriving there, even in the midst of drought. Oh my goodness, I get to spend some time today with one of my dearest friends, and it's always such a delight to share her with you. Hey, Jody Dietrich, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Joanna Weaver, I am doing so well because I get to be with you. I'm thrilled. Thank you. <laughs> I feel the same way. We're, we're actually recording just a few days before Christmas because we're trying to squeeze it in. And oh, I just appreciate it because I know there were a lot of things that you could be doing other than spending time with me. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, that's always way up on my list. And I'm so happy to be with you tonight and with your listeners. Mm. So uh, thrilled. Well, Jody, I am super excited about your new book that just came out. It's called The Settled Soul, Tenaciously Abiding with a Tender God. And it's just so lovely, lovely to look at, lovely to hold, but it's also just a lovely approach that's a little bit different than your first book, The Jesus-Hearted Woman. Can you tell us about it? Sure. You know, it's actually a little bit more of an interactive book. It involves Bible study, for sure. There are integrated discovery questions for deeper study and suggested journal prompts right, you know, in the middle of the text. But it really is a deep dive into John 15, 1 through 17. And, and you know, the premise of the book, Joanna, is that life shakes us up, but abiding settles us down. Mm. And if we've ever lived through a shaken up year, <laughs> it would be the one that most of us just went through. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, just your title, The Settled Soul, has just um, really ministered to me because it's everything. I really believe it's everything that we've been invited to by Jesus. He's invited us to get rooted and to get established in Him. And yet, for some reason, I, I think sometimes we settle for a more surface life. What, it's, what does settled soul mean to you? Well, you know, I I agree because um, this is such a crazy and chaotic place to to live this world, and every year and every day things are just getting more and more complex and challenging to manage. And I think a lot of women, a lot of Christian women, say to themselves, "If I'm, you know, supposed to be." in Christ and supposed to have access to the peace of God, why do I still feel so unsettled? But in John 15, Jesus talks about abiding in him. And that word abide is the Greek word meno, and it literally means home. So 
he is saying, home in me and I will home in you. Mm. And, you know, there's a difference, Joanna. I know you've done a lot of traveling um, throughout your years and so have I. And there's a difference between going into a hotel room and and living for a while and putting a few things out and then going into a place that is your home where you unpack everything, all the the parts of your real life into every room and live there. And so I think, I think that's the difference between um, being unsettled and being in that place where we really um, unpack our full lives into that reserved place that Jesus has just for us, a place of peace and growth and, and fulfillment. And um, it doesn't mean we won't still struggle with the the troubles of the world but there's there's a depth of being in him that changes everything yeah i love that you know i've been thinking so much about um the verses that talk about that there is a sabbath rest that mm-hmm. there is a resting place for us, you know, I think sometimes we we sort of fall for the lie that God is this hard driving taskmaster, and He's always wanting more, more, more. But He He really is this wonderful Shepherd, this good, good Father, who welcomes us home. And as I've been thinking about that term, rest, and where throughout Scripture where He says, "Come to me, run to me," you know, and I had that feeling back in grade school. And playing tag. And I was, I'm just not a good runner. So man, I'm just telling you, I was always getting caught. But boy, those times when I would somehow beat them to the, to safe, you know, to the safe place and touch the tree and they could not get me. And as you were talking about that, I'm like, I think that's a little bit of what he's offering us to come home to him. Because it's, it's not just God, uh, Jesus abiding in us, but he's also inviting us to abide in him. Isn't that wild? It is so amazing. And, and, you know, you talked about touching the tree and being safe and, and really that is our part is tending the connection. Uh, You know, all our striving or, or efforts towards impressing him or being perfect, just don't do it. It really is about staying connected to him, being in him and making sure that he has that space in our lives for for him to, to, to live in us as well. So it's this mutual abiding. Uh, and, and I'm so thankful that in his faithfulness, he's not a, a God who gets up and, and leaves in the middle of the night, no matter how many other people have let you down or walked out on you. Mm -hmm. Jesus is a remainer. And so he asks us to remain. So, so another word that's used for abide again, is that remain. It's just, it's staying attached and settling in. And so that really is our part. And it, it is so powerful when, when we just grasp that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, And and it literally can be as easy as reaching out to him Mm -hmm. (laughs) and by faith grasping his love, his hand that's already been reached out to us. I think a lot of times we're unsettled because we keep trying to figure out 
how to reach him when he's already reached down to grasp us. And I, you know, I just love that whole um, John chapter 15 and the verses that you kind of just really dive into in this book in such a beautiful and approachable way. I love it. It's just, you bring down the deeper meanings to just such a practical, beautiful way. And one of the things you talk about is how Jesus calls God, our father, the gardener. Why do you think that was significant? Boy, that touched my life so deeply. You know, I come from a long line of gardeners, but I got the brown thumb in the family. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Completely. And I married a gardener, somebody who's really good with growing things. But, you know, as I researched that a little more, and even back in the first time when it talks about the father as the gardener really happened back in Genesis, it it says, you know, God created all these things with his words. But then it goes on to say, say that God planted a garden. And it's the same word that's used for other kinds of hands-on planting. And so this I do know about gardening. It is hands-on work. You cannot garden by Zoom. <laughs> you yeah. cannot do distance gardening. And so I love that thought of a, a gardener tending, reaching down, getting his hands dirty, um, hovering over and and placing strategic things into that plant and, and caring for it to make it grow. And so to see that the father is a gardener, you know, a hands-on, not afraid to get his hands dirty, close up and personal gardener makes such a difference. And then and then to flip that though too, because it's not only that the the father is a gardener, it's that the gardener is a father. Yeah. And he tends us with a father's tender heart. Um that also just um, creates such a sense of hope when I'm frustrated with myself and I'm discouraged with my pace of growth. And I know that a good father um, is so caring and so concerned that his children grow and that they thrive and watches out and provides for them. So the father is a gardener and the gardener is a father. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. You write um, in your study, who is this father? This father is a watcher, a waiter, a run to meter, an embracer of ragged returners, a kisser of still grimy from pig pen faces. This father is a robe giver, a bring bestower, a shoe donner for bear bleeding feet. And you go on through just the whole story of the prodigal son, which, you know, I, I think so many times when we think of the prodigal son story, we think of that person who's run away from God. But, you know, I look at the story of the oldest son and he was just as prodigal. He didn't know the love of the father. And I just think of that girl who's out there listening, who's like, I am doing my best to stay connected. I'm doing, I'm checking all the boxes, Jody, but I don't feel settled. What's wrong? What would you say? You know, isn't it sweet that in that story of the prodigal, um, which by the way, kind of relates to Philip's question of Jesus in, in that whole uh, section there in John, where he said, show us the father, Jesus, and, and we'll be satisfied. And so Jesus said, haven't I been with you all this time and you don't recognize me? And so Jesus is all about revealing who the father is. And so 
because of that, we have that wonderful story that he tells us of that we, we refer to as the story of the prodigal son. But that older brother, don't you love that the father um, didn't lock him out when he was out pouting? He went out to him mm-hmm. and he he reaffirmed that all I have is yours and it's right to celebrate. And so he didn't he didn't scold him or uh, berate him for his um, feelings slighted. He actually was working to reconcile him to himself and to this brother who had run away. And so I am so thankful that um, his eye is on all of us. The father's eye is on all of us, no matter where we are at, if we're in the pig pen or if we're out sulking because (laughs) someone else is getting the party. Um, He reaches out and he loves us and he, he draws us to himself and offers us all that he has. I love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. One of the things that um that is I love about this book is you've got it broken down into five days of reading and just and it's really approachable for those of you who are like, oh, I'm not good at Bible study. I can tell you you're gonna love this because <laughs> Jody just makes it like a journey with a friend. And in fact, I think it'd be a great study to do with some loved ones or with a ladies group or, you know, the Zoom calls that we're having to do now, you know, where you can just kind of go at your pace. But one of the things that um, you also do is you you end each day with a prayer. And this one just really spoke to me today because I'm sort of feeling like this. So listen to this, girls. Gather me, for I am scattered. Still me, for I am restless. Heal me, for I am broken. Fill me, for I am empty. Four, just four short sentences but so powerful. And I would say to that, that girl out there who's like, I'm trying to tick all the boxes. You know what? Just get real with Jesus. I think Jody, you and I have talked about this so often that he really does receive us as we are. He's, he's the only one who can make us what we ought to be. Aren't you so glad? Oh (laughs) my goodness. Isn't that the best news ever? Um, You know, that that whole section starts off with Jesus saying, I am the true vine. He uses the word true. And I think that he wants us to bring our true selves to us. I mean, if there's any way, any part that we have in this is just being true, being authentic with God. And and that prayer that, that I shared and that you just read, Joanna, um, is one that I pray almost daily because I recognize how much I need him. And, and he's so faithful to respond and to, to, to show up and to, to fill me when I'm empty and to, to heal me when I'm broken and to gather me when I'm scattered and, and to just give me what I need. He's again, he's that, um, that vine that we draw Everything that we need to live life comes through that connection to him. And oh, that's such a, a hope. <laughs> and I've just been really just meditating on all, all that he wants to be to me mm-hmm. if I will allow it. You know, and sometimes I think we're a little bit like the toddlers who are like, me do, me do. I got this, God. And he he lets us do our own thing until. Uh, if you're like me, you come to the end of yourself and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden realize how much we need him. You have another little section that I loved and you talk about me fatigue. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. I read that and just had to smile because that's kind of where I have been this last week. Oh yeah. You know, uh, we've, a lot of us have been sheltering in place with, you know, maybe toddlers or teenagers or our spouse or, or even a, a roommate, but you know who we're always sheltered in place with mm. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, the rooms close in sometimes when all, when, you know, just that frustration of who we are just starts getting to us. But yeah, I write about that. I said, I, I get a really bad case of me fatigue pretty often. I get tired of looking back at the end of a long day only to realize I miss doing the most important things. Taking the time to encourage a struggling friend, checking in on the hearts of those I love most, showing tangible kindness to a stranger, caring for my own soul. I get tired of setting exercise and writing goals I don't keep. Amen. I get tired of regretting the sharp tone I used with my husband. I get tired of wondering if God is tired of me. And then I drag my exhausted spirit onto the welcoming lap of these ancient but still sturdy words. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Better than any regimen of mega vitamins and superfoods, more energizing than a sleeping in Saturday, followed by a venti quad shot latte. This truth infuses me with renewed strength, warding off the plague of chronic soul fatigue. God is not tired of me. He's not sighing, rolling his eyes and wishing I would just go away already. Here it is again. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. Get this. That addiction you're literally sick and tired of? The worn, thin fabric of your struggling marriage? The parenting failures you detest? The unrealized dreams you're tired of tending to keep alive one more day? None of these, nor the weight of 10,000 others like them, wear God out. When your head hits the pillow tonight, tell your spent spirit this, the God who never grows weary is not tired of me. And that is such a hope to my my goodness! I am tired of me many days. (laughs) You know, I, I think that that is honestly, if I really look at where do I get unsettled, Mm-hmm. It's the places where I'm just so disappointed in myself, yeah, yeah. disappointed in my situation, feeling like I should be farther along than I am, that uh, my my spiritual journey should be better and all of these things. And I think there's those girls out there listening who, who perhaps have felt like, yeah, yeah. God has got to be as sick of me as I am. And yet, (laughs) again, we come back to this beautiful picture of a gentle, tender gardener who, who cares for the plants, but also knows what the plant needs. How How have you come to learn to trust the gardener's hand? Oh, my goodness. You know, it's so wonderful as you dig deeper into that metaphor of the gardener, the way, and I I actually did a lot of research about viticulture, which is the growth of grapes, and how 
some of the the things that they go to, the lengths that they go to, to make sure that a healthy crop is grown. One of the things that they do is when grapes are, are laying, or vines are laying along the ground, they stake them up, they lift them up. And so that's one of the phrases that are used. So when we're brought low, he knows how to to lift me up. He also knows how to carefully prune the parts that are um, actually diverting the energy I need to grow, to, to be healthy. And sometimes those are even good things. It's not always just the sinful things. Sometimes it's just excesses or or last year's crop that's hanging on that mm-hmm. is sapping us from what we need for today, um, for this moment. And so, you know, um, also, you know, one of the things as I think about a gardener, when, so, so this is one thing that I actually have done my one gardening thing. I don't mind deadheading plants yeah, yeah. <laughs> going out and cutting off the old dead blooms. There's just something kind of relaxing about that. And, uh, but when I do that, I'm not out there with the little shears going, you wretched, petunia, you know, you look at all these faded blooms. It's just, you're just so ugly. And no, I'm, I'm removing the old stuff so that the new stuff can, can grow and be healthy. And so sometimes I think we um, plant, maybe is the way to say, we, we put things in God's um, heart toward us that aren't there from our perspective. Like, He's he's taking this away, or he's uh, uh, pruning this for me because he's mad at me. No, it's not not because he's mad at us. It's so that we can bear more fruit, and so it gives a whole different perspective about even kind of the hard things that we go through. and And I kind of talk about that, break that down a lot more in the book about. You know, sometimes we just don't really know whether the circumstances that we're going through is part of pruning or just being in a fallen world or what. But there comes a place where we just can rest that God has our good in mind. And it doesn't even matter because whatever it is, <laughs> he's, he's going to work for our good. He, he loves us and he's tending us faithfully and, and tenderly. Ah, uh, that's, that's so important. I think just even, even wrapping our heads around that, even if we can't understand the actual um, experience, understanding the father's heart, I think it's so important. And there have been, there have been, and I, you and I both have had them extreme, <laughs> extreme pruning seasons where I have said, Lord, wait a minute, that was super fruitful. That's not just a sucker. You know, that's not just a new vine. That was like super fruitful. And he just says, Joanna, trust me. I know what I'm doing. And and I can look back and go, yeah, you really, really did. And it was for my good. Yes. There was, yes. There was a season. And I think sometimes we forget this too. I don't know why. I feel like we're supposed to, to at least bring this into the discussion that there are seasons of what appears to be inactivity. Absolutely. That yeah. can really be hard on us. When, as you've kind of been doing a study in this, what have you learned about those times? 
oh my goodness, that dormant season, the winter season is so important to the health of the plant and to future productivity. Um, a lot more is happening in those dormant seasons than than we ever know, um, certainly for the plant, but also for our lives. And so, you know, I think there's a time to just, again, it's that settling into where we're at right now, um, not wishing past seasons back. And, oh, if I could only go back to that time where it seemed mm -hmm. like I was so fruitful or stretching ahead to, oh, well, I'm, I'm just hoping this will work out and then then I'll bear fruit. Uh, but, but even now, even if it feels like a dormant season, settle in with Jesus. Um, love him. Let him love you. Um, one of the things that, that I talk about, I, I, again, I, I try to stay away from fancy spiritual formulas, but, but I know that there are practices that kind of yeah. help us with abiding. And so for me, I, in the book, I offer six simple practices of abiding. And so it, it, it seems so basic, but we think about Jesus. And so I've included some Jesus thought prompts. How do we um, arrange our lives in a way that we're never, we never give ourselves a chance to forget him, that we we create opportunities for our mind to keep going back to him. And then we, we talk to Jesus. We keep a, a running conversation with him going. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking recently, you know, we do what we can do, but we pray what we cannot do. Mm. And then God does so much. But we talk to Jesus. We talk ab about Jesus, just like we're doing now with, you know, bringing him into our conversations with our friends. Um, we love Jesus and let him love us. And Joanne, I think this might speak to that dormant season where, um, where it's okay sometimes to not just be blooming our little heads off, but, but just settling in and, and soaking in the fact that he loves us and that something is happening even when we can't see it. And then we trust Jesus and believe what he tells us to do that, that has to do with obedience. And, and then finally we engage meaningfully with others who love Jesus and the thing about a vineyard is that unlike a lot of, uh, you walk into most gardens and there are individual plants. They may be, you know, all in a row, but they're each its own individual plant. But a vineyard is this picture of interconnectedness. The vines uh, depend, depend on each other and they intertwine and they wrap and they, they're in and out of each other's business, so to speak. And <laughs> yeah. so, um, and, and, and that's the kind of friend you are to me, Joanna, mm -hmm. um, someone that I can engage meaningfully with and, and that helps me to grow. And so those are just, um, six practices that can help us with that whole thing of abiding in Jesus. Yeah. I, that's so good. And you're, you actually have a free, free little um, download that you're making available to my listens. listeners. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I uh, have a free printable called Jesus Thought Prompts, and it just gives you some practical ways to turn your mind to Jesus. Because you know what? We are a race of forgetters. Yeah. <laughs> the human race is so prone to forget him. And in fact, even with the whole thing of communion, Jesus said, do this 
in to, in remembrance of me because he knew we would forget we would forget the cross we would forget yeah. his resurrection the most important things and so he tied it to things we never forget to do eating and drinking and so um so there are things that we can do to to remind ourselves so you can get your free printable for the Jesus thought prompts by signing up at my website yeah, and we'll give links to that in the show notes. But be sure to go to Jody Dietrich. That's J O D I D E T R I C K dot com. You'll learn more about that. But also, you've got some wonderful free videos that go along with the study, and those are available as well. Is that right? That's right. Yes, free downloadable teaching videos for each week of the study. So if you're doing this on your own or with a group of friends, you can watch these short teaching videos that go right along and hopefully enrich your experience. Oh, I know they will. I know they will. I think I think possibly the reason why I am so excited about this book is because I have uh, had the privilege of watching you live a life with a settled soul, even in some very unsettling times. Uh, and I've seen you have a restful heart when everything could have been pulling you, and I know it was, to be restless. And I just, I feel like this book is so timely for us, especially in this season. We are not just the pandemic, but just the, the pace of the world, even in shutdown, even in lockdown, it feels like we're still moving a thousand miles an hour. And what would you say to that girl who said, you know what? I, I want that. I hear what you're saying. I know it's important, but I just don't see how I can get there from, from where I am in my life and the, and the things that are going on. Wow. Well, you know, I would just say um, start right where you're at and access what he's made he's made available to you right now. Um, live in every room he gives you. Um, begin mm-hmm. to make yourself at home. You know, when you move into a new house, you're trying to find out where things go and and how to make use of each space. But but learn to live into what he's given you. Um, a few years ago, Don and I got to visit the Biltmore House, which is called yeah. America's Castle. It's crazy. And and while I walked through those rooms, I had to stay on this little carpeted path. I couldn't, you know, jump over and get on one of those beds, those, you know, beautiful tapestries. I couldn't walk into the library and pull down a book or go into their kitchen and make myself a sandwich. But I can do that in the home that I live in because it's mine. It's what was prepared for me. And so begin to live into what Mm. God has given you right now. And that may seem really um, just uh, ordinary. Um, Even start with those six practices, just thinking about Jesus, um, beginning to talk to Jesus, just conversation, honest conversation. Tell God one true thing about yourself every day. talk about Jesus and and connect with others who love and know Jesus and and so just start to live in those ways keep showing up tend the connection and the more you settle into Jesus the more discoveries you will make about the treasure of his grace and his strength and his peace and then you know what i would also say Joanna um 
And I just feel like some woman out there needs to hear this, that don't let your wounds decide your faith. Um, Because sometimes, you know, when we're bruised by humans, we withdraw from God's touch too. And, And sometimes when we're hurt by life, we move away from the life giver. And yet we need that. We need to stay connected. So uh, you will find his peace and his presence waiting on the other side of the shadows of life. But press through the pain and don't let your wounds decide your faith. Mm -hmm. And then maybe finally, I would say, you know, make peace with the unfinished because Every plant starts out small and helpless and fragile and weak with, you know, with pieces missing. And and so um, we we start that way, too, even in our faith. And, and along the way, we're still growing. And so you need to know that not done yet is not the same thing as will never be done. Yes. And so we can learn to live with the tension of the unfinished when we when we get a glimpse that that there's something growing, even in the dark. You know, that's where seeds are supposed to live. And so um, in 2017, I got to speak for a conference in Barcelona, Spain, and take my 17 year old granddaughter, Lilia, with me. And while I was there, I visited the most amazing cathedral called Sagrada Familia. It's massive. It's like 14,000 people can fit inside this. And it's the tallest religious structure in the world. But the most remarkable thing about it is that it was begun in March of 1882. And so like 135 years later, it's still under construction. And it's not scheduled to be completed until like 2026. And the reason for that was that the, the master architect behind that wanted to serve God through architecture, and he wanted to design something so grand that he knew he wouldn't live long mm-hmm. enough to see it finished. And he's, he's Anthony Gowdy was his name, and he said, my client is not in a hurry. He was talking about God. And so we can live with the tension of the undone in our lives when we realize that God is building something so great, you know, he's living us. He He's said home in me and I will home in you. And the, the, the cathedral, the, the, the place that he's building is so grand that it is um, it's a work of, of eternity. And so don't, give up because you're you're frustrated because you don't see that finished project yet. Uh, trust God and be patient with yourself. That's so good. That's so good. You know, as you were talking, I was also reminded of some vines that I saw down in California. And these mm-hmm. were these were old fields. Like they had been around probably probably I don't even know. I probably shouldn't even guess. But they were so old and gnarly and it was early spring. And mm. and at first glance, they looked very st- steadfast. They looked like, boy, they were there, but they looked almost lifeless. And there's something in my spirit today that I just feel like um, I'm supposed to speak to those of us. And I now approaching 60, have to put myself in that category. Those of us who have known the Lord for a long time, man, we are rooted. We are established. We've got so much history with the Lord. But 
for some reason, we just feel a little dead and lifeless. And mm-hmm. I have just been sensing so strongly in my own spirit, the Lord saying, Joanna, I have more for you. I have more for you. There's revelation after revelation waiting for us as we press in. And so as Jody's been talking about this, and there's so many of you who are like, yeah, yeah, I know that. But maybe the Lord would just want to break through that and say, mm-hmm. there's more. There's more. more. Always Mm. more. Always more fruitfulness. Always more peace and purpose and and new depths to what it means to settle our souls into Jesus. Yeah. And more of him to discover. That's what I'm realizing. Like I feel like he's making some very elementary things that I've known all my life. Brand new, Jody. Like it's blowing my mind amazing. And I'm like, I've been thinking of the verse where, you know, Jesus talks to the Laodicean church and says, you know, you forgot your first love, go back, go back to your first love. And I'm like, okay, Lord, yes, but I want a new love. (laughs) I don't want to just go back. I want to go forward. And I do believe, I really, really do believe that it is not through striving. It will never come through striving. I have tried striving. It is going to come through finding our life our being in him we live and move and have our being that's where that's where he's able to open up new things and that's where the fruit really happens and i i love you have a whole portion that talks about that that you got to go out on the limb sometimes tell me about that oh my goodness yeah you know the the thing about um, abiding in Jesus is yes, we stay connected to him. So, so if you kind of take the metaphor now of a tree, uh, and a branch, which is also used throughout scripture, you know, if, if Jesus is that trunk, um, and we're the branches, a branch is attached firmly to the trunk, but it grows out into the atmosphere. And it literally changes the atmosphere. It mm. takes the poisonous gases and changes it and and bears fruit. So so it would be a weird tree if it if the branches were all grown back down into the trunk. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, would be, it would be unhealthy. And so we stay attached to him, but then we're sent out into this world that needs the fruit that's growing from our lives, that need the fruit of the spirit um, to see that in our lives. And so, so yes, we, we stay tenaciously attached to Jesus, but we also reach out and, and, and it's, it's risky. Sometimes we, we sometimes want to just huddle really close and, and we, we do that, but we also, have a mission that he sends us on, but it's him supplying all that we need to grow. And we tend that connection. Yeah. And as we tend the connection, fruit happens. It does. does. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to make it happen. We don't have to manufacture fruit. It just is the overflow and that natural byproduct of a life that it's settled and connected to the vine. Oh, this is so rich, Jody. I really, really hope that my listeners will get your study slash book slash mm, just wonderful journey. And, um, and also go to your website and get your free videos and the Jesus prompt page. As we close, would you, would you just pray over us? Um, I, I just want to come back to this settled soul, settled soul, tenaciously abiding, 
with the tender God. Would you pray for us? I would love to. Father, we're so thankful that you are the tender gardener of our lives, that you tend us close up and personal, hands in a hands-on way, that you're not afraid to get your hands into the dirt of our lives, but you do it in such a tender way. Jesus, thank you for showing us what the Father's heart is like and for for making a place for us where we can abide in you, for reserving for us a place of peace and purpose and a place that we can settle into. And Lord, you understand what an unsettled world we live in. You you know how shaken up things are right now, how unsteady everything feels, how uh, we, we um, live in a, a time of chaos and confusion, but God, you are that place of peace. And I pray for that, that settling for each person listening. I pray for each heart to settle their souls into you, Jesus, and to find just a, a place to, to unpack their lives and to become the person that you would have them be in you, Lord, because it's not striving, it's that connection. So thank you for making it all possible because of your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And I just sense that there might be someone out there listening that wants what we've been talking about, but you know, you know that you have not made peace with God. And you know what? The Bible is so clear that all we have to do is respond to that stirring. That's God pulling you closer. And all we have to do is just confess, God, I've done it on my own and I don't want to do it anymore. I give you my life. I want you to be my life. Make me at home in you. And with just that simple act, we are received into the love of God into the family of God. We are grafted in. We are part of the vine. And so I, I'm just so grateful for your message today, Jody. God bless you, my friend. Oh, thank you for allowing me to spend this time with you and your listeners. And I pray every blessing in your lives in the year ahead. And Joanna, thank you for being that settled soul sister in my life. I see fruitfulness in you and it encourages me so much. I feel the same way about you, my friend. God bless you. What a beautiful invitation we've been given to find our home in God and to have Him make His home in us. What an incredible privilege. I hope you'll check out Jody's new book and sign up for her Jesus Thought Prompt download. You can find links at joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 051. And if you haven't listened to our discussion on the Jesus-Hearted Woman, you can find it at episode 8. And by the way, if you subscribe to this podcast, you'll have over 50 interviews at your fingertips with a new episode airing every other week. Well, it's our prayer that you've rediscovered how much Jesus loves you today how much He longs to have an intimate friendship, how He longs to make you His dwelling place. And if perhaps you accepted Jesus' invitation to friendship for the very first time during today's episode, well, I hope you'll DM me on Facebook or Instagram because I'd love to pray for you. Until next time, let's stay connected to the vine, for that's the only way to live and love and lead like Jesus.